Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. We originally air as a radio show on Radio Free Brooklyn, so if you want to hear episodes fresh the day they come out, the newest episodes possible, that will be every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're about to hear the episode where I interviewed legendary comedian and original Marx brother Harpo Marx, played by comedian Paul Valenti, and macabre poet Edgar Allan Poe, played by comedian Joe Miles. It was a great episode. Don't forget to go buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now everywhere that your finest funny books and regular books are sold. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc., etc. It's me making fun of Kellyanne Conway for like 120 pages. It's super funny. You should check it out. In addition, like, go leave a review. Subscribe to this podcast. Leave a review of the podcast. Tell your friends about all this stuff. Go to jarrettbranson.com to see all my new uh, latest coming up stuff or whatever. Um, you know, and, and uh, hit us up. Email us at famousdeadpeople@radioforbrooklyn.org if you have any questions or comments or you want your favorite famous dead person on the show. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Edgar Allan Poe and Harper Marx only on Famous Dead People. Famous dead people. It's time. Famous dead people. Time to start the show. Famous dead people. Oh, you know, famous dead people, famous dead people, famous stories stuck in the head. You're gonna hear awful from me, even though all these people are dead. My guests today on Famous Dead People are 20th century American comedian Harpo Marx. Hello. And 19th century writer and literary critic Edgar Allan Poe. Good evening. Uh, Harpo, Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, welcome to Famous Dead People. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Um, so, Harpo, I'd like to start with you uh, for a moment. So, you were known mainly as the silent member of the Marx Brothers. You you tended towards a more visual style of comedy. Mm. And I'm wondering if that was like, if you ever felt like that was limiting. Like, were you did you ever want to do more of what like Groucho and Chico did where they had like the cute quips, the, 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 the funny epigrams, you know, like, like you were kind of shackled by not being able to talk. Right. Or did you find that freeing? Well, um, what happened is I, I was the first, uh, the first uh, show we did back in vaudeville. I actually did um, some talking um, and then he told me to shut up. They, I'm sorry. They told you to shut up. My that's, brothers. that's your brothers. They told my you to brothers. Shut up told me to shut up. That's interesting. And then I gave them the silent treatment. So that's one long silent oh, wait, treatment. So you not talking in all the movies mm-hmm. is you like giving your brothers the cold shoulder for yes. telling you to shut up? Of course. Oh, wow. No, I yeah. didn't know that that was the case. Yeah, it was It was a long, long silent treatment. Wow. Um, I yeah. was very upset. And, uh, Groucho didn't apologize to me until uh, 54, I believe. Okay. Um, did you then start to talk to him again? Were you then like, and thank you. That's um, what I've been waiting for. Yes. Oh, okay. So, so we did, and then we kind of rekindled, and we were going to write a show. Um, we were doing a bit for George Goebel. Ooh, okay. And uh, then it, Groucho decided to do something else, which is fine. It's fine. He decided he wanted to do a different project. He wanted to do a different project, Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah, that's interesting. I, you know, um, it's interesting to me that your brothers kind of exuded that kind of 
power over you, where were you in the lineup? Because I think that's generally like a youngest brother kind of thing. Like oh. the other brothers kind of pick on them, right? Yeah, I was number one. I was the. <laughs> you were the oldest brother. No, no, no. Yet... I was the funniest brother. Oh well, that's not what I was asking. I, I, was the... I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you watched what we were doing. Oh, yeah. No, I've know? Seen, I'm a big fan of the Marx. I'm, I'm okay. sure, Mr. Poe, you've seen some of the Marx Brothers work as I well, right? I do not enjoy comedy. Oh, oh interesting. But, I mean, shame. have you seen it ever, even, like, as a thing, like, um, you know, I'm going to check this out just to make sure that I don't like it, the way that I would try, like, a, like, oh, I'm not sure if I would like to eat, like, you know, octopus eyeball or something, but I'll try it to well, see. I have know? checked to ensure that I don't like many things, and I don't. Okay, so basically, you your entire um, would you say your scope of your life experience is just trying things and and confirming that you don't like them. And then I write a poem about about how horrible it made me. Oh, feel. Oh, interesting. Okay, um, it is. In, I think it's interesting how macabre both of you sound. Like I, I, I thought that maybe Edgar, you would sound like this, but uh, uh, Har- uh, um, Harpo, I thought that you would be a little livelier. You know, I've never I've never heard your voice before, so. You know, that might just be my bias there. Oh, this is my radio voice. I have a, a TV voice and a Oh, radio what's your voice. TV voice? What does that sound like? That was it right It was there. just silent? Oh, because yeah. you do more of the physical stuff. That right. makes sense. That makes sense. You right. don't have separate voices for different occasions. Do you, Mr. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe? Well, when I'm with my lovers, I have my sexy voice. Oh, you have a sexy voice. Yeah. Interesting. Would you? I know that you're not in an intimate situation right now with me and... With me and Harpo, but would you mind just I am giving slightly aroused right now? <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Was it something that we did? I'm just because uh, I I don't want to continue to entice you. Well, I, the... I've been giving him eyes. He's a very attractive man. Are you? Is there a little spark happening? No, no. I mean, it's okay to think someone's attractive. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. Even if you're not sexually right, into the, even yeah. if you don't want something intimate to happen, right, it's it's fine to just be attracted to somebody else. I was you know? solely attracted to the idea of a career of silence. Oh, interesting. Mm. So it's not Harpo that was enticing you or attracting you. It was just the idea of not talking for your entire like life. the bottom of an endless abyss. Interesting. Oh, wow. So, oh, yeah. So what's your sexy voice then? Like, what's the voice that you would use if you were in an intimate situation with somebody? Well, it's something like... Uh, hey, hey, why don't you take my pants off? That is hypnotic mm. it is i i am feeling it gets the juices flowing moved. on my victim yeah my <laughs> your victim sorry that it's <laughs> a little joke i like okay yeah it's fine you know um but yeah so we were talking about the the marx brothers movies and you were saying that you were the funniest of the marx brothers but i was asking what order you were born in. well i mean if you're the funniest, you're the leader. Am I, am I right? Yeah, but I'm, I'm that's not what i'm asking harpo it's almost like you're dodging the question like is this something that you feel I, uh, sensitive about you're, like you're where you are in the birth order and the birth order yeah and the funniest in the birth order that, i mean does that no the i funniest mean, comes out first chronologically yeah. i honestly i feel like i'm i feel like i'm I, i'm talking to like a senate judiciary committee here or something like i'm getting I mean, so many back at, am i crazy ed ground like doesn't it seem like he's he's dodging well sometimes the oldest is the youngest Mm-hmm. See? All right. Well, so I, just, I think we're on the like same page. It's like the both page. of you are are just I mean, doing this. I'm just going to look it up. I'm just going to look up when you were born. You were going to get in the runaround Technically, here. like you want yeah, te- technically, mm-hmm. uh, I was uh, I was the youngest. Okay. So thank thank you. Jesus Technically, Christ. Technically, though. Like pulling teeth out of you. 
But just because I was the last one doesn't mean mm-hmm. I was the funniest. But I think that makes sense then that your older brothers would pick on you and they would say just like shut up as though you don't exist, right? right? Of course. Yeah. And that, that thus led to the silent treatment. Now, I understand that you had a brother as well, Mr. Poe. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. And I understand that you, I mean, there's a lot of early tragedy in your family with your dad abandoning you, your, your mother passing away. Right. Um, did you guys have a, a traditional older brother, younger brother relationship or did you feel like that kind of tragedy maybe uh, affected the way that you two interacted with each other well uh he he was um affected greatly by the tragedy of the passing of our parents and mm-hmm. uh he was big into the drink oh well you yourself were a little bit of an alcoholic as well right me <laughs> i am not I don't have a problem, Jared but Berenstein. You, but you did drink a lot. I did drink a lot, but I, I could stop whenever I felt like So stopping. I'm not sharing my rum with you then. I was mm-hmm. offered you have a glass here. I've been drinking straight from the bottle. <laughs> I noticed it was a little low. It's lower than mm-hmm. when yeah. it started. There's and a... I've also been drinking my own. Very good. Your own rum. Rum. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We have the dark and, and a light here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I like to have a lot of alcohol for the guests so that they feel comfortable. And I obviously. appreciate that. It almost seemed like you were offended that Harpo put the alcohol from the bottle into a glass as though it was just wasting time. Is that accurate? I, I mean, don't I... understand making smaller portions of something <laughs> that you're going to drink all of. Only that's fair. That's fair. Absolutely. Only when you share, you should wear. I mean, depends on the on the person, but uh, mm-hmm. I mean, this is the the second time we only met, and right. uh, mm-hmm. oh, I, I didn't realize the two of you oh. met at, at some point in the yes. past. Yes. Uh, you guys, can you? Would you mind revealing that to us? Because I know that you weren't exactly alive during the same time. So I'm wondering what. Not the... exactly alive. But <laughs> no, we were alive in a sense at the same yeah, so time. Yes. How did you two become acquainted with each other? Well, it was uh, Studio 47. Studio 47. Yes, it was in New York City. New Interesting. York City. Well, I'm familiar with Studio 54. What was Studio? Is there a difference between that and Studio 47? Well, yes, yes, preceded it. Oh, Jared. it was before. Oh, okay. Jared, that that's makes how sense. numbers it was, work. But it was, uh, right, it was based on the year. Not, not be patronizing, not Mr. Pro. Sh- Come on. It was based on the year. On the year it that it was. happened. It, it okay. was built in 47. Well, the, the Studio 54 was in the 70s and 80s, I believe. So 47 isn't, it goes by centuries. Think yes. about it, Jared. <laughs> hey, come on now. Really, Jared. I'm not really a math guy, but I'll take your word for it. So it was at Studio uh, 47, you're saying? Yes, we were going hard on the absinthe. Okay. All right, so you two were at an absinthe party. Yeah, I, I, uh, as always, I bring my flute mm-hmm. and um, uh, your your um, flute, meaning the musical instrument, not like a flute of champagne or something. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just flute, want to clarify. I had an actual flute of of yes, champagne. Of champagne. No, a flute. Oh, you also had a flute. I was playing the flute. The two of you had musical flutes. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. All Why right. not? Uh, is that not? Is, a... is that what got you two talking? Is that what we're like? Oh, we had the same brand. It was the a, brand of flute. A brand of flute. Okay. Yes. And, yeah, uh, feel free to not to tell us what brand it was. I'm, you know, I, I think it's interesting if it was the same brand, but if you don't want to tell us, that's fine. No, Weston House. It was a Weston House. Yeah. Mine okay. was a Flutzen. Yeah. I think it was the same brand. No. What? <laughs> why are you making up stuff? No, you literally said it was the same brand of yes. flute, and that's why you went to go talk to each right. other. And you said yours was a Weston. Yes. And yours was a Flutzen. <laughs> I, I, I meant colored brand. We both had a. It was real... a knockoff. Mine was a knockoff. Yes. Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. Okay. All right, so did you guys lock eyes and were like, oh my God, we both have flutes, we kinda, should talk, we should Kind of, sort of. I heard uh, some music. 
and in a dark, dark corner, I mm-hmm. see this man hunched over and uh, some music coming that way. And uh, I didn't like anyone else at the party. Mm-hmm. And I just wandered over there and I started playing the flute. And there we go. We actually wrote a a little uh, poem to it. You you wrote a poem to mm-hmm. accompany the song that you were making up at Studio 47 mm-hmm. on your flutes. Yes. Is in that the, correct? In the shadows, in we the shadows. make toots. <laughs> toots upon a pair of flutes. That was part of the song. It's to- not the entirety of the song? Not the entirety. Oh, okay. We, we, we kind of uh, trashed it because it just it didn't, feel, uh, didn't feel like it would make a top. Top forty, top forty hits. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah, you know, like put your best work sometimes, out there. sometimes you never beat the magic of the first take. Sometimes you really got to go back to the drawing board and and tighten and refine. You know, no. is that how you two worked as artists? Like, did you feel like you were one and doneers, or were you like you you would get a draft, you would edit, you would rework? You know, this is a question for both of you. Well, we started reading the label of the absence. No, I'm not talking about and then this particular stop. night. Yeah. I'm I'm talking about like just in your careers in general. So. Yeah. You know, did we? Did we? I'm sorry. I've yeah. had, I, I, had a, a, two full bottles of rum yes, since we've started. This I sorry. completely understand. Um, I'm wondering. So we'll start with you, Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, let's begin. Did you? I'm you, Edgar Allan Poe, were, were and I'm Hopper Mox. Thank you, you for joining us were, on radio. On the radio. I'm sorry. What are you? Are you taking over my show? Have we Edgar just Allen begun Poe? the interview? We have not just begun. I was I asking about your creative process. So sorry, Jared. That's okay. Listen. Uh, you know, uh, I, I never want you guys to be uncomfortable. Just feel free to be yourselves. If we get off track, it's no big deal. Got it. I'm taking off my pants then. All right. Yeah, make yourself comfortable. I'm can, helping him take off his pants. I don't know you need to narrate that. I can see that you're helping him take off his pants. And you know, which, next, by Jared. the way, I don't anyway. think is weird at all. I'm actually a little cold. I'd love to keep my pants on if that's all right. All right. Uh, Mr. Poe. It, it, it'll be a party. If, it'll, it'll be a party if I take my Come pants here. off too? Come here. Come here. Why? Come I don't here. understand why you want my... Edgar Allan Poe just put your pants on him. It's not like it's not like we're all going to be pantsless. Edgar's wearing two pairs of pants now. <laughs> I think he just wants to put my pants on as well. And I'm want, sorry, but you're not going to get it. I want all the pants on I actually kind of like this because you're wearing two, I'm wearing one, and Harper's wearing zero. zero. It's like we're a gradient right. of I pants like wearing. Yes. Uh, anyway, so I was asking about your uh, creative styles. Were you, Edgar Allan Poe, the kind of artist who would like... You you write out your poem, and then you're like one and done, and it's, and it's finished right out of the gate. Or were you a tinkerer, like... You write it, you fix, you, you change that, you edit a little bit. What kind of an artist would you say you were? I'll explain to you my process, Jared. Okay. I would, in the night, I would write my poems fully, completely, top to bottom, seven full pages. I'd go to sleep and I'd think on it. And when I woke up in the morning, I'd open up my book and look at my new poem and I'd say, what is this? Who wrote this? And it was me, Jared. <laughs> and then I would send it to be published. Oh, interesting. Okay, so it's, it doesn't seem like there was an, an editing process, but more of like a, a, a personal reveal? Like you just sort of like realize what you had done? Jared, there was only one way to write, and it was fully hammered. <laughs> My apartment was full of ravens. Full of ravens? And they don't shut up. Okay. Interesting. Well, I... I Sorry, I paused because I thought there was going to be more to that What did you want to hear? No, no, I'm just... dealt with an apartment full of ravens? I have not. Well, yeah. then, Jared, that's all there is to say. Yeah. I, I can relate to that process because I would get blackout drunk. Mm. Harpo, you're saying that before you would write one of your physical bits, you would get blackout drunk. Well, here's the thing. So, you know my famous coat that I wore? Mm-hmm. Yes, the long trench coat. The long trench coat. I would put things in there. 
Um, one time I pulled a dog, uh, a puppy out of my, and I didn't know I put it in there the night before. Excellent. So you just get trashed, <laughs> and you put anything into the coat. And then when we start filming the movie the next day, I would just go into my pockets. Mm-hmm. And actually one time I pulled out a raven. A raven I from did, the coat. I pulled a raven from the coat. Oh, so I know you, that well. All right. Yeah. So you had you would sometimes put like live animals in your coat. Oh, yes. And just sort of like pull them out without even remembering that you were there. Right. Interesting. It seems like the both of you had sort of like you, you needed an element of personal surprise to the things that you created. Like you almost didn't want to know that you had done it because maybe that would affect how you saw the work and you wouldn't be able to judge it objectively if you had like a, I don't know, if you remembered creating it. Is that is that a fair thing? Is that a fair assessment, would you say? Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's fair. <laughs> If you're just joining us, this is uh, Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today are 19th century writer uh, and literary critic Edgar Allan Poe. That is me. And 20th century American comedian Harpo Marx. I would normally... Um, would do like a physical thing? Yeah, a horn, I, I, I was a horn and a I... A squeezy I, horn. I don't have it on I me. think there might be a bell in here or something if you want. I brought in the bell from my bicycle with one large wheel and one very small wheel. Uh, I you believe you're talking about that. a penny farthing? Is sure, that, of course. I, I'm surprised yeah. you didn't know okay, that that's well, what your bike let's was called. admit that name is a little bit cheesy. Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, so let's go get back to a little bit more um, about your lives. So uh, Harpo Marx, you left grade school at the age of eight because of bullying. And I'm curious what exactly, uh, what kind of bullying you were going through that your parents thought they needed to take you out of school entirely. Yes. Uh, actually, I, I was doing the bullying. Oh, you were the bully. I was the bully. Oh, that might be, that's, that's got to be an error in translation. Of course. Then Wikipedia of course. Because, um, yes. oh, yeah, so, so you were yeah. such an aggressive bully that your parents had to take you out of school to protect the other children? Yes. Oh, my God. I... Didn't like someone didn't like my gag. I would do plenty of. I mean, I've worked most of my material in grade school from the age of uh, three mm-hmm. to eight. Uh, it was some of my best materials that you might see mm-hmm. later on in the movies. Oh, interesting! And uh, I needed someone to work on. They, they. I don't really call it bullying. Mm-hmm. I was like, you need an assistant. And I said, hey, Charles, come over here. I want to hit you over the head with a hammer. Hmm. And they said, oh, you're bullying him. So you would sort of like force other children to be your sort of like foil in these comedy bits of yours while you were in school. I would say force. I mean, that's basically what you're saying. Do they want to be your assistant? They want to be not, but I wouldn't say force. (laughs) Force well, is a kind you, of a. T- if you made them do it and they didn't mm. want to do it, then that's force. Then that's you know, if it was sexual, we call that rape. But you know, Whoa. you were sort of like <laughs> it's getting deep now. It's getting very I deep. Didn't know we were like, going there. Yeah, I'm just saying that there. if we're saying like you sort of raped them into being your comedy partner in in grade school. If you don't want to use the word bullying, like we could just say bullying. But, but it was you, it was funny. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I mean, that's your right? isn't funny Trump everything? Doesn't no, I don't think that funny really? Trumps everything. I really don't. And really? I mean, as a as a comedian myself, yeah, I, I feel Jared, like you're a comedian. I am He's a comedian. comedian. Wow, well, I'd not like on to the, hear some of your bits. Not on this show. Oh, this I show would is love really, to hear a bit. This show is really about just like exploring your lives. Tell us uh, a bit, Jared. No, show I mean, us what's maybe we can use it. I'm, in a I'm, I'm here in the presence of one of the greatest or a poem. Physical mm. comedic actors. I've never done poetry. Um, I, I I feel too nervous doing my my comedy in front of you, Harpo. You're just you're such a legend. Tell us something funny. I, I listen. This is not my. This is not a show about me. This is a show about you guys. Mm. All right. Um, my favorite kind of show. I like it. 
Um, so, Edgar Allan Poe, this is something I didn't know about your life, is that you're considered the inventor of detective fiction because of some of your your early prose. Ah, uh, yes. Um, but I know that's, that's not really what you're known for. You're more known for, like, the tales of the macabre, you know, uh, the dark underbelly uh, of, of, of humanity. Right. What were your detective stories like, exactly? Um, it was mostly about um, teenagers trying to solve uh, the cases of stolen puppies and... Oh, interesting! Oh, like 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 a, like a babysitters club almost. Yes, sure. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I've never been a part of a babysitters club, but oh well. There's a famous um, young adult series called The Babysitters Club about a, a bunch of girls who and they're detectives. And I think they're detectives. I've never read. I haven't read in a long time. But it's a misleading name. <laughs> they what? get into oh more like the Hardy Boys. Then I think the Hardy Boys is right. probably a better analogy. Then. Similar. It was a ripoff of my early work. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, so... the Detective Boys. I'm, uh, oh, you just called the detective boys? They were two boys that were detectives. Oh, interesting. They yeah. would, uh, be called in for small petty crimes, theft and graffiti mm. and around the neighborhood, and then at the end of every book they would be horribly murdered. Interesting. So then how would they then go on to be in the next book? It was just different reimaginings of ways that these two boys could be murdered. So almost like Kenny and South Park, like they would just come back to life magically, no explanation needed. Is it magic? Yeah, I don't, I mean, you know, just, just there, you know, they just kind of come back, right? I look at that show, and as my early work is just different ways to kill little boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, do you have a, uh, do you have a favorite of your Detective Boys series? Like, oh. Um, uh, any, any specific case that you thought you were particularly proud of having, having created? Uh, yeah, there was, um, a case of, uh, there was some mystery the case of the mystery puke. The case of the mystery puke. Mm-hmm. Now, I know there are probably some diehard Edgar Allan Poe fans out there who haven't gotten a chance to read that yet. And right. so, spoiler alert. Spoiler for alert. Any of Someone you out was there, puking in my sink for about <laughs> four years straight. Every time I'd go out of town to do literary criticism. I'm sorry. So, you're saying that this spe- specific case that you wrote about actually happened to you yes. also? Yes. So, did you figure out who the real culprit was in your real life? Yes, I did, Jared. Who was it? It was me. I was puking <laughs> in the sink right before I leave. I'd always get drunk before a train ride. Is that what happens at the end of uh, of the detective boys? Yes, I have to murder them every time because so it it's you, me is, committing oh, the crimes, wow. Jared. In every single one? Every single one. That's really dark. It's almost existential. Yes. That's that, really cool. Well, I like that an idea of how I think of myself i can't wait to when as soon as this interview is over i'm gonna go check out the uh, detective boys it seems really it seems really dense detectiveboys.com website detectiveboys.com i I gotta say i really love that idea Uh, but let's go over to uh harpo marks for uh, a moment so when you're 22 you form a comedy team with your brothers uh the, the comedy team that will eventually be called the Marx Brothers. Right. Um, uh, but you weren't a silent comedian at first. It wasn't until they told you to shut, up, shut up and right. you famously went on to give them the silent treatment for like the next 40 years. Right. Uh, ish. Um, but can you tell us like what, what, were, what was your g- gimmick when you were talking? Like, you know, Groucho and Chico had kind of like specific things they were doing with the written word would you, would you be able to describe like a thing that you did before you were you, you decided never to talk again catchphrases 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 it was the it was the rave okay so like Gracho and Chica were doing more like cute turns of phrases you mm. know like a uh, little 
little clever uh, epigrams. Right. But you were just say catchphrases. Catchphrases all the time. What, what were some of your catchphrases huge... from back in the day? Oh, a list. I, I brought a list of oh. my catchphrases. Is that all right? How, many, how can... many did you have? Uh, I lost count. Would I mean. you say, could we say the dozens? Hundreds. Oh, at least hundreds. Hundreds, hundreds of catchphrases. Hundreds of catchphrases. Wow. Okay, I think that's interesting because they told you to shut up pretty early in your career. I, a lot of them weren't used. It's, oh, you just wrote them. I wrote them, ready to go. I was, gotcha. I was hoping to get an apology that day. Gotcha. Can you right. imagine that? Interesting. All right, yeah, I would love to hear some of your catchphrases. Okay. All right, so... Uh, ready? This yeah, is, yeah. Uh, this is the one that uh, was actually cut from duck soup. Um. All right. Who's that in the kitchen? Hmm. Right. Who's that in the kitchen? Who's that mm-hmm. in the kitchen? Hmm. Would you say that specifically about somebody being in the kitchen that you did not know? Um, or would you say that as like, you know, uh, like a how rude or uh, I caramba? That's just like, an like, a, like, you know, it's like too many cooks in the kitchen. Okay. Too many, too many hands. In Can the you give us a situ- like, let's paint a situation where you would say that in a scene. Shall we do some improv? We could. Let's do some improv. A little bit of improvised comedy. Well, I want to make it. Sh- I want to make it the sort of situation where Harpo would say that. Right. You know. So, like, what what should we do, Harpo, to inspire that okay. line? Okay. We're all in uh, the professor's office. Okay. And we're all discussing uh, the uh, the syllabus for the week. Okay. Uh, all right. I'll, okay. I guess I'll be with the professor. You can be a student. We're all. Okay, we'll, 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 well, let's all be professors. Oh, oh all three of like, us be professors. Prof- we're all doing the same thing. Okay. Right. Okay, so, okay. all right, well, professors, um, you know, I was thinking about uh, assigning my children. Who's that in the kitchen? Hmm? Well, that's clear. That's really clear. That I makes it. See how you, I started, you started dominating the conversation. I get it. Right? I 100%. And you're like, so we're all professors, and we're mm-hmm. all on the same level. You really don't need to explain this, because I, so I think what it happened was 100% was, clear. It was really clear by the context. You started the conversation, and you were going over our heads. Did and you, we're like the same, did you oh. continue writing catchphrases oh, even, while, even while you were still um, silent? Even, oh, yes. Like, you know, you're doing movies, you're wildly popular as the silent character but you're just waiting for that thank you from your brother Groucho and then you can suddenly start talking again mm-hmm. so were you just like all the time like I can't wait until I can start talking again and then I can use this yes. catchphrase here I would uh, send letters to uh, Groucho mm-hmm. every day and I said this is a catchphrase we can use I don't know why we're not using it mm-hmm. our movies can make a lot more money and mm-hmm. our, our shows our live shows did he ever say oh I, I would love to use that I would love it if I'll, I'll use it I'll use that catchphrase yeah, of course, and he wanted, and and but he knew he, he Groucho had a bit of a, a delivery problem. That's interesting because because uh, it's been argued that he has one of the most uh, astute <laughs> yeah. astute comedic he, timings of all he time. He is a comedian. He is y'all. Yeah, it's adorable. But you think that I? That's adorable. I just don't recognize that Groucho yeah, is a adorable. bad comedian. He's an incredible comedian. Yeah. Okay. There's no there's no argument there. He was he had one of the most. Uh, skillful... I'm sorry. Oh, because you worked with him for forty plus. Years. No, you're right. I did not right? work with your brother. And you were for on 40 vaudeville. Years. No, no, you're right. I'm not. Early I'm definitely not you the expert here. You sat down with him in the round table I and just, wrote jokes. It's just he is such a hmm. revered comedy legend, specifically for his delivery. And you're saying that it was bad, that it was flawed. Have you seen This Is uh, Your Life? This Is Your Life. Yeah, the TV the, show. The TV show. This Is Your Life. Okay. Yeah. Um. I. I mean, I know of the TV show. Yeah. This Is Your Life. You watch that and tell me how good his delivery I really is. Think, I really think it's great. I gotta say, I, I, I don't oh, know what you're talking okay. about. Go, 
All right, let's do it. Uh, guys, let's tell me what? some some deliveries. What's his great delivery? What's his great delivery? Oh, we had that one about, um, uh, let's see here. I, I'm not great at uh, Croucho Mark's impression, but he said uh, the other night I, I, shot a, uh, I shot an elephant in my pajamas. How he got in my pajamas, I'll never know. That was Chico. That was not Chico. That was, that was Chico. A, that, you just, that, that's not true. That is a famous Groucho Marx line. I wish we had some kind of proof. <laughs> some proof. I think that the student body is dressing too provocative. Oh, I'm sorry, Ed Carlo, are, are you still in the scene? Are we not professors still? No, we're really not professors still. We've stopped with the improv. Well, actually, who's you know, that in the kitchen? We have, um, mm-hmm. we have a, a, a little bit of time before we take a break, but uh, I have one... Uh, question for you, Edgar Allan Poe, about your time in school. I understand that you spent one year at the University of Virginia, and this mm. is from the Wikipedia. The Wikipedia says that the University of Virginia said that this, the, the, the school was run by the students. They chose their studies, their boarding, and they policed their behavior. And because of this quote, the school was in chaos and there was a high dropout rate. Is that true? Was that your experience when you were there? Yes, there was a lot of muggings. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of death. What was it like to be on a campus where just like the the students were running rampant? There was like carnage like that. It was debaucherous, mm-hmm. Jared. There was lots of uh, free sex is, and paid sex. I have never seen a creepier smile in my entire life. I am when you said thinking about that <laughs> that time in my life and remembering it fondly. Mm-hmm. Ravens everywhere. Wow, all over my dorm. Bizarre that they would follow you there. Well, they didn't follow so much as they were brought collected by. Forced? Me. Edgar Allan Poe? Forced? You are obsessed with the idea of force, Jared. <laughs> I'm just, I just want to call things again, what they are. Again with that word. As again. A, as a wordsmith, Edgar oh, Allan Poe. I suppose I, think, I raped you, the ravens, Jared. Wow. I nope. suppose I raped the ravens. Are Listen, you going to bring up rape? Uh, we've got to take a short break, unfortunately. But we Good, will be, perfect. We will be right back. When we with, return, uh, I will be drunk as shit. With Harpo Marx and uh, a, a drunker, if you can believe it, Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, stay with us. Hey everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts, rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends, all that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org if you want a specific famous dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JaredBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 19th century writer and literary critic Edgar Allan Poe. Good evening, I'm Jared Berenstein. <laughs> not. And 20th century American comedian Harpo Marx. Hello, I'm Harpo Marx. Thank yes. you for having yes, us on you, the show. All right. Oh, do we do that? Hmm? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I thought we were. This is. I thought this was take two. 
Oh, no, we're not starting over. This is just, oh. uh, we had to take a little break for a uh, studio. Once again, from studio the identification. Oh, God, you are okay. hammered. I have my... soiled my trousers. Mm-hmm. Is... It's fine, because you're wearing two. I'm wearing, okay. I've soiled my trousers soiled your and, trousers. and mine. Trousers. And your soil, it went yes. through to the second layer to Harpo's pants? It was all liquid, Jared. Is... I've had nothing to eat. Um, That's very There is impressive. no food in this are studio, you, are Jared. You, are was, you sorry, Harpo, said. now that you gave him your pants to wear, that he that there's now his shit in it? You know what? I mean, it, it as long as it doesn't get everywhere, it's fine. It's literally everywhere. It's, oh, it's, it's all it over everywhere. your pants. On the inside, it's everywhere. It's but inside on the outside, everywhere, it's safe. It's safe. So <laughs> I, I literally saved you from shit. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I appreciate that. Thank Jared. you. Yes, I need your pants. I'm not giving I, you my pants. I have Jared, to put them on, I'm not them giving the them to you. You're There's, not a team player. I thought you were a comedian. Don't com- aren't comedians team players? Don't you have to? Yes, and famously, also famously, yes and, stand-up yes. comedians are not team players. You're a stand-up comedian. I do do stand-up. Yeah. I thought you were. You said you were a physical comedian. No, I said I wasn't a physical comedian. Yeah. You're a physical comedian. He's a physical being. I, He's a physical. Yeah, being. but I didn't say that. I, so <laughs> then, what do you know about delivery? Then, if you're a stand-up. Uh, well, I just, all I do is talk like that's, that's the whole thing is, is a, is a, I think a verbal, mm. is a verbal delivery that I think I, we're talking about two different things. I, yeah. I don't think we are. I think maybe we're, I don't want to have a semantic argument about like what physical delivery is and what verbal delivery uh, is. That's right. Cause you've done comedy for 40 years. <laughs> all right. Jesus. The, How long have you been doing comedy for? I don't understand why somebody who has your prestige feels they need to like you know, wave their dick around just to let, let everybody know how fucking impressive they are. Was I waving my dick? Were you, did you see my dick out? I, I would yeah. say that you were figuratively waving one point waving earlier, he was waving I his was dick waving. See? I didn't want to bring that up. That happened yes. during the break. But knocked over the rum I bottle. I'm respect. so sorry. That's fine. I drank it from the floor <laughs> with a straw. I respect my guest's privacy. I'm not going to talk about the things that happened during break, for it example. Was, it was funny. It was pretty dope. It was great. My, my penis had great delivery. I have to tell you, Harpo Marks, one of the, one of the greatest physical comedians of all time, you waving your dick around in the studio, knocking over the rum bottle, is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my uh, entire life. I would say... face drawn on it. I think it was better than when you did the mirror bit with Lucia Ball on I Love Lucy. Lucia I really, It was Ball. really incredible. Oh, what a treasure. What a mm-hmm. treasure. Yeah, she's a national treasure. National um, treasure. But yeah. <laughs> so, is listen, there statues of her that t- was taken down? Let's not no? um, oh. get too bogged down in that. Wow. Um, Edgar Allan Poe, let me ask you about some of your uh, early work. You um, are welcome. So you, you mainly did poetry... Uh, mm-hmm. Before you moved into sort of your dark prose, uh, you did you, you published three books of poetry before you moved over to prose. Um, and I'm wondering if your poetry was similarly dark as your st- short stories would eventually be. My my poetry, yes. Well, the mm-hmm. Raven was a poem, right? It was a poem. Yes, yeah, that's pretty I mean, dark. You also could, a bird. A bird. A raven is a bird. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Sometimes multiple birds. Well, I just meant you know the Raven kind of came later in your career, and right. I'm wondering if your poetry that you wrote early in your career was similarly dark. Uh, yes, I've always had a dark imagination, and mm. it comes from probably a dark reality. Well, I know that you had a, a hard time growing up, what with the, the difficulty with your parents, the, the relationship with your with your brother. Um, right. uh, but yeah, do you remember what your first poem was then? You're saying it was dark right out of the gate. Like, what was your first uh, dark poem that you wrote? One sun, one dark evening fell, my father down the backyard well. I threw a rope so he could climb. But it was bedtime. Wow, that's incredible. I didn't end up pulling him out of the well because I had to get to bed. Mm, That's the story of the poem. By the next morning, he was dead. I'm going to put that into the poem. That is beautiful. (laughs) 
That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's never too late. It's never too late to add. I can change my poems as I see fit. It is true. Yeah, they're yours. They they belong to you. I've been on though. the internet, and you can write anything and then change it. Yeah, well, I mean, there are certain things that you do that should, like, stay out there forever. You can write a tweet, for example, that is like it's got, like, a, a spelling error in it. You can delete it and write a new one, but it's possible for somebody to, like, Take a screenshot of the original one. It sort of like exists always. Jared, what you know? are you talking about? I'm just saying, like, I don't there, understand. There are things that that exist forever on the internet. They say they, that's what they say about the internet is like you put it out there and it exists forever. Only one thing exists forever, Jared. Mm-hmm. Pain. Wow. Yeah. I. I mean, I'm not I gonna lie. Agree, I would agree with that. I. Yeah, yeah. I won't disagree. It's a little bit of a dark way to look oh. at the world, but I. Uh, We're on the same page. I think finally. that <laughs> and diamonds. Diamonds are forever. Yeah. Um. Let me ask you, uh, Harper Marks. So. At the, you know, you before you and your brothers moved over to doing films, uh, you obviously worked the vaudeville circuit for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that the act that you guys had in the vaudeville, vaudeville circuit was similar to what you would eventually put on the screen, or was it different at all? Well, the, the difference is you can fall off a stage, but you can't fall off a set. Well, you can fall mm. off a set, but not like into the audience the way that you would. I'm sorry, did you want more rum here? Uh, <laughs> yes. I think the answer I was trying to Edgar, make sense of that. He was trying to grab at my rum. The answer to that is always going to be yes, where Edgar yes. is concerned. But he, I just the answer to every question is more rum. He's <laughs> flailing over here, and I was like, is he reaching to hold my hand, or he just wants the rum? And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I, I looked over reach. at that moment, I saw my hand moving, and I was like, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. It was doing it on its own. You're so drunk, it's almost like you don't have any responsibility for the things that you do. I'm um, not drunk, Jared, you're drunk. I'm sorry, so Harper, you were saying... I was saying... You can fall off of a stage, but you can't fall out of a movie screen into the audience. Yes. Okay, interesting. Were there any other differences, or would you say it's like, basically what we saw in the movies was what you guys have been doing your well, entire believe career? believe it or not, I don't know if you're aware of this, but when you saw us live, mm-hmm. uh, you actually saw us in color. Right, that is correct, because the right. movies... Were black and white. ...that you were in were black and white. Yes. Okay. So if you wanted a little light in your laughter do you mm-hmm. come see us live and if you want to color you want it yeah we're, we're full of color interesting i mean so that's you would say the only difference only difference we gosh i mean here's the thing about groucho i mean we would beat a joke to death and we used to we came up uh with this bit where uh groucho would throw a pie mm-hmm and i believe that came around 1909 1910 Lemon meringue pie. Mm-hmm. And it was this bit where he would throw a pie at me. I would duck and it would hit someone else who was at a party. Just a random party guy. And let me guess also that like the person that it did hit was somebody like upper class. Upper like, class. You, know, you really want to hit someone with a pie yes. who has like pride. Who, right. who needs to be taken down a peg. You and know? the line was, well, I know. Never. That's what the person who got hit by yeah. the pie would say. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But then, forty years later, we're still doing the same thing. Still the same pie in the still face. the same pie. Did you have? You know, it, it sounds like you would have changed that if you had more creative control over the Marx Brothers. Would you say that Groucho had the lion's share of control, and that's the reason why these bits would sort of like stay in the show year after year? If if I wasn't speaking, it would have been different. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, no, no one's control. saying. No one's saying. Again, it really seems like you have a lot of pride here, Harpo. No, no one's saying that you couldn't 
have wrestled control away from Groucho had you decided to speak. But I'm just asking if he did have control. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. Yes, of yeah. course he had control. I really don't understand. Because I didn't have control. You're getting very aggressive here. Sorry. I'm just asking these simple let questions. Get, let me get a little more of that rum. Yeah, it's your rum. Up. You can just have as much as you want. Jesus. Anyways. Oh, Jared, you that, haven't even touched your rum. You hmm? Yeah. You want to <laughs> send I'm that trying, over here? I'm trying to stay straight here for this interview. You know? Straight. Straight. I mean, How do you stay I mean, straight when sober. you're watching that thing wiggling around? <laughs> Sorry, I put it away. I'm just trying to be I'm trying to be sober so that I can that I can make sure that I, I do the best job interviewing that I possibly can. Oh, he's We're, doing great. You're mm-hmm. doing a great I job. Am wonderful. You know, for someone who spent a lot of their career being silent, your sarcasm, Harpo, is mwah, it is Edgar, perfect. Edgar, his delivery, am I right? Yeah, what a great delivery. Mm. Okay. Well, let me ask you, uh, Edgar Allan Poe. A so, question. This is a little bit of a personal question about your uh, your love life. I hope uh, you don't mind me asking. Yeah. Uh, when you were 27, mm. uh, you married your 13-year-old cousin, uh, Virginia. Right. right. And was she 13? She was 13 Dear years God. old. At the time I married her? Yes. When I met her? At the time that you married her. Right. Uh, you were 26, 27. Yes. And you married your 13-year-old cousin, Virginia. That was normal back then, I well, think. Well, I know it was a different time, but mm-hmm. I'm just, I wanted to know, with, in the gifts of hindsight, like, do you feel that was the right thing to do? Not only to marry someone who to whom you were so closely related, but also to somebody who was so, there was such a huge age difference and she was so young. It, you know, that was a regrettable Mistake. You you recognize that it was a bad thing to do. I know that in the time that we're in now, it's probably looked at as a bad thing. But, uh, you know, back then, a 27-year-old woman was on her deathbed. Uh, okay, I understand. So you would, you would never marry a 27-year-old woman. Oh, dear God. Because it's basically she could like... not bear children. Basically like bearing, uh, marrying an 80-year-old woman. I want to experience the miracle of my own seed being born into the world, Jared. You understand? Wow. That is a, a surprisingly hopeful thing for you to say in the in the darkest way. I have possible. delivered children before, and I wanted it for myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of deliveries, mm-hmm. right? There we go. That's called a callback in your world, isn't it not? Oh, I don't understand. Were, were we talking about deliveries before? Well, you were talking about deliveries. Delivery. I think. I don't know. I wasn't listening. Were I... we talking about deliveries, Harpo? I don't you remember. Mentioned, you just said something about delivering. There was oh, a moment oh, where I fell off Groucho, of my chair and Groucho's I stopped listening. Groucho's delivery. But then you just that mentioned the callback. You weren't yes. talking about babies at all at any point. This... No, I recognize that. I just didn't remember that that's what we were talking about. That's the delivery you were referring to. I, that's what I thought we were all talking about. Yeah, I you could have just said that. I am embarrassed. The two of you, okay. I swear to God, it's like trying to talk to the cryptonomicron. Just be... Is that your friend or something, oh, Jared? Who is that? It's like a complicated thing. So I'm saying it's the two of you are very obtuse, and I just wish that you were a little less... Do you have a good relationship with him? Mm-hmm. With who? Crop a top of this. <laughs> Oh boy! Again, not a person, not a person, not a person. He can't wow. make up his mind. Not a very good relationship. Not a very good then, relationship, I guess. Let me, uh, not Harpo, even a person in his eyes. Harpo, let me ask you this. Uh, so, your first film appearance was a film called Humor Risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were in it with your brothers. Of you, that Marx, all the Marx brothers were in it. Oh. It was the first cinematic uh, of a show that that featured the Marx Brothers. Right. But it was screened, according mm-hmm. to Wikipedia, only once and then lost forever. Right. Would you mind, I'm sure there's a lot of Marx Brothers fans out there, would you mind telling us about the film, Humor Risk, like what the plot was, just so, just so that we can have a record of what that movie was, since it no longer apparently exists. Well, this is embarrassing, but they told me to hold the film, and I put it in my... In your jacket. In my jacket. Okay. 
Um, then we all went on a binge, as you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm familiar. Went on a binge, and uh, we're at Studio 47 again. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Um, and I left my jacket at 47. You left, left your famous 47. jacket yes. at at um, Studio, Studio 47. 47. And so did you ever go back for the jacket? Of course not. <laughs> anything, well, do, anything left overnight is gone, gone good. Uh, that is gone. obvious, Jared. Have I mean, you ever if, been there? If Studio 47 is anything like Studio 54, I'm sure that anything left there overnight would not only be gone, but just like hey, covered in, in, it up. Yeah. in jizz and human yeah. juices. Everything and in that club was alcohol, covered in jizz. Poison, you know, fucking cocaine. Poison, yes, and- lots of poison. <laughs> so... Yeah, human risk. It was mm-hmm. humor risk. Humor risk. risk. Yeah, I like the idea. What did I say? You said risk. human risk. Humor risk. Oh I mean, no, I said human risk because that was a, there was the original title. Human risk. Human risk was the original title. At first, I thought you were saying human risk. Like there's a human risk in trying to go back for your jacket to Studio Forty Seven. That too. Um. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. Um. That is fascinating. That that's how that film was lost. Mm-hmm. That you just left it at this club, Love basically. It. In your jackets, yeah. but can you tell us what the story of the movie was? Like what 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 the, what the plot was? Yeah, it was duck soup. It was we, re, we remade it and just called. We didn't want to call it. Uh, so you remade humor risk. risk. Say it again. It humor is the risk. movie. It is the exact same plot as what would eventually be duck, duck soup. soup. Gotcha. And for those of you who haven't seen duck soup, like what what's duck soup about? <laughs> Come on now, <laughs> it's amazing, Harpo. Harpo, You've, if, if you Let's, haven't seen Harpo, it, yeah. control your ego for five seconds and accept that there might be some people out there who have not seen every Marx Brothers movie or remember it exactly. Just for my audience, for the sake of my audience, tell them this is the general plot of Duck Soup so they, so they can know, so they can know what kind of movie both Duck Soup and Humor Risk were. I'll be honest with you. I never saw Duck Soup. Shut your I, mouth. I, we don't. We didn't watch. This is a scoop. We didn't watch. You don't know a duck scoop. A duck scoop. Yes, <laughs> Edgar. Did, when you when you uh, read your poem, when I mean, you wrote your poems, you didn't read them again, right? I. Oh right, I wrote poems. Mm. Right. I God, forgot. You are drunk. I. You know what? Where is this duck soup? Because <laughs> I am starving. For those of you who are just joining us, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guest today. Our 20th century American comedian Harpo Marx. Hello, I'm Harpo Marx. And increasingly drunk 19th century writer and literary critic Edgar Allan Poe. Hello, I'm Harpo Marx. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, uh, your career, uh, Mr. Poe. So, your work is going relatively unnoticed uh, until about 1845 when your famous poem, The Raven, is published in the Evening Mirror. Oh, right. And you become a household name almost instantly. The poem is is uh, instantly a classic, uh, a huge hit. Um, and I know that you basically struggled financially your entire life. You, were, you weren't paid a lot for The Raven, even. But did that recognition at least ease the burden of what was a very troubled life for you? Get like the fuck out of my face, Jared. Yeah, Absolutely not. What? No, I want the money. Oh, I understand. I want the cash, Jared. So you didn't care that people liked it. You just really wanted the I money. I hate that poem. You hate The Raven? I hate ravens. It, the whole poem is about this raven that won't shut the fuck up. Edgar, you've told me like three stories in this interview where you have been surrounded by ravens. Of course, Jared. Not because they wanted to be there, but because you captured them. I and didn't put, capture and them, put them Jared. around. The, you, I, you forced them to be no, there. I did right? not force them, Jared. Why don't you ask before you make assumptions? I'm just saying, you said it earlier. In You're the making interview. an ass out of you and you, me. You just you said it earlier in the interview. 
No. If I had playback, I could just play. I could play you Jared, a tape of you saying the that Ravens you... were there because I had Raven food because I like <laughs> Raven food. Okay. If you have Raven food, you're going to attract ravens. My mistake. My mistake. And they are loud. They're loud birds. They're Jared. very loud birds. It's true. Yeah. Imagine one in a small apartment in Baltimore, mm-hmm. where yeah. I lived. Yeah, I understand. It, it, that, that can be... Uh... The only way to get to sleep What's is the... to drink yourself So then sleep. why would you write a poem about ravens if you disliked them so much? Because they, that was all I saw. It was uh, My whole life it, was it, ravens. It Wake up, ravens. Yeah, I can see that. I can understand how it Open up my book of poems, ravens. Was it like salt in the wound that the one thing that you wrote that gave you a claim in your lifetime was a poem about the thing that you had poured the most? Salt? It was more like... Raven shit in the wound. <laughs> Literally, Jared, I mm. fell on my way to walk out of the door to deliver that poem mm. to uh, the, publish- the publisher. So you fell, you actually inflicted... I fell on top of a bottle of rum and cut that, myself. That's a mm. great bit. Can I use that? You can use it if Thank you like. You. Mm. Interesting. Write this one down. It's very, you can very put that in another smart. one of your movies that you'll never watch. Anyway, the end of the watch. story is that a mm. raven shit on me and it got in the wound. Oh, so you fell on your way to deliver the poem. Mm-hmm. A wound happened somewhere right. on your body, yes, and I then had before to cut you, on my hip, before you could cut, before you could cover up the wound on your hip, a bur- a raven came down and shit. When it. they're in flight, mm-hmm. you know that the shit goes down because of gravity. Oh yeah. But what absolutely. you don't un- what you don't think about is that the raven is also moving forward, so there's a forward trajectory. Yeah, that's right. All, I mean, all motion has a vertical element and a horizontal element. Oh, generally. Okay. okay, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> Thanks, thanks for your help. We're giving a lesson that is, here. That is quite, quite a burn from uh, Edgar Allan Poe. There, not only we're getting a comedy lesson, we're getting a scientific. Yeah. Was lesson. there was were there any benefits to your sudden notoriety for having published a poem that suddenly everybody was a fan of? Uh, well, I uh, yes, there was the women, of course. Oh, interesting. Which I couldn't partake in because I had a wife who I just found out was thirteen years old, and my cousin. <laughs> Sorry, you so, just found this out. I was. Were you I mean, so drunk that you didn't even know who you were marrying? Jared, they were? What was her name? Tell me her name. I mean, was her was, last name Poe before was, I married it her? It was not. I don't think it was Poe before you married her, but it was Virginia. Her name was Virginia. Virginia. Let me see here. Yeah, I only have Virginia in my notes, unfortunately. Mm, but I don't think that it was Poe. Okay, then. I'd that, like to that think that you sense. were not so drunk. That you would marry somebody who already had your last name. Yeah, well, you know, it's a common last name, isn't it? Poe? I don't think so. Poe? Wait, never... that's my last name. <laughs> Jared, we should eat duck soup. We should. That really sounds delicious. But let's go back to Harpo Marx for just a moment. Um, so one of the things I found fascinating about your life story is that in 1933, you did a, uh, a six-week tour right. performance tour in the Soviet Union yes. uh, but I read that you were also during that time a secret courier mm-hmm. taking messages to and from the embassy in Moscow of is that course. true oh yeah so it was almost like you were a spy while you were doing your yes. your comedy shows over there it was like I was uh, in one of your books one of your uh, uh, detective the, boys the detective yes, boys detectiveboys.com right on yeah. the internet yeah. <laughs> I I was uh, it was a risk it was uh, not a humor risk. No, it was a, it risk. Was a human risk. As we it was, it was a earlier. human risk. Yeah, and I was asked, "Say, hey, uh, President um, 
It's fine if you don't remember Eisen who the president was Pence. at the time. Eisen Pence? Definitely not that. Eisen Pence. No, I think it might have been the president before Eisenhower. George he... Washington. Thank you. George Washington <laughs> said to me, sir. I can't correct you because he was one of the presidents before Eisenhower. Jared, he was before yeah. them all. He, was, all, he mm-hmm. was the first. I don't know if you know this. He was the first. I did know that. I did, first. surprisingly. Anyways, you were saying president. Tre- president. President. Oh, this room's getting to me. I yeah. think it was Truman, maybe? I could be wrong Truman, about that. Truman. Truman. Mm. One of this gentleman came up. Had, yeah, I can't believe how t- drunk the two of you got during this interview. He had a tie. Okay. <laughs> just, I also remember as a tie. He said, like, take this to the, 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 from the embassy to to uh, Schmitzy. To um, Schmitzy? Schmitzy was the man who was my contact. Oh, it's, interesting. It's a, it's a Russian name, Jared. Schmitzy. Have, you, have you never been to Russia? I think it's weird that you're taking... The Red Curtain. Sort of- <laughs> The red, the red curtain. Schmitz, I mean, it doesn't sound like a Russian name, but yeah. I'll believe you. you it, it was a, it was a, I don't know if it was Russian. I couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, they said Schmitzy. So you delivered a message from the president yes, to a man me, named Schmitzy in Russia. They sent me to the, uh, the embassy. Wow. And then I would have to walk down this long road to this coffee shop where I met uh, Schmitzy. Mm-hmm. And... I gave him the note. Now, I couldn't read the note, so I don't know what was said in the note. Okay. But when I walked in there, everyone looked at me, and uh, uh, they were all approaching me like, well, like oh, like I was going to get beat up. And then I uh, pulled my harp out. And you pulled a I, harp I, I pulled, out? Yes, of my jacket. Wait, I'm sorry. So while you were delivering secret messages in Russia mm-hmm. during your performance tour, mm-hmm. you, you got made. People recognized you and, and wanted to beat you up. They did, you, well, they didn't know who I was and, like, why is this guy coming in giving Schmitzy something? Mm-hmm. So maybe they thought something. The jig was up. Your suspicious behavior. Was suspicious, yes. <clears throat> okay, and so... And so then I... You then pull a harp pull out, my of harp out of my jacket. And I just start playing and playing and mm-hmm. kind of, just kind of loud everyone. And um, that's how I got my gig there, too. That's how you got the perform. Oh, so you yes. weren't even going to perform there. Right. You were just hired to yes. be a secret courier for President Eisenhower, who Washington. might not have been <laughs> Washington. George Washington. Okay. The Red Russian. That yeah, that blows my mind. And then the the so, were so impressed by this move that you did just to save your own skin mm-hmm. that they gave you a performance tour through Russia. Through Russia. Wow, that's incredible. And not at all was in the Wikipedia, by the way. Well, do you ever believe Wikipedia? Anyone I, can mess with that. Anyone that's what I was well, why don't the two of you... Someone can go right on my Wikipedia yeah. and make it look like I married my 13-year-old cousin. I mean, that's See? what it says in your Wikipedia. It says well, you married your 13-year-old anyone cousin. Anyone can write that. And and also, has any, where, is, where did I put my pants? Your pants are underneath Harpo's pants that you're wearing. Uh, They're right. both covered in your own shit. There's a problem with my <laughs> pants, everyone. Someone has it, shitted my I pants. I think it was you. I think it was you. Jared, can he borrow your pants, Jared? No, no, you can't have my pants. You I just don't, need more shit in I, them. No, I won't. I just need to cover up the yeah. pants that I have on, Jared. But then the shit that's on your pants already is going to get on my oh, pants. Oh, he's a scientist and a doctor and of and pants a and a comedian, man. A nice delivery. Well, nice. way I'm, to well, go. I'm very well-rounded. Unfortunately, so we only have time for a couple more questions here. Oh, um, good. Good. Let me ask you about, um, you had a somewhat bizarre death, Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, uh, you love, had a bizarre death. I'd love to ask you about this. There's really no need to get ornerier. Uh, you were found, Edgar Allan Poe, on the streets of Baltimore, delirious and wearing someone else's clothes, which, by the way, right. just based it's, on how this interview is going, life. just based on how this interview is going, I think we've, I think we've already figured out the answer to that one. 
Were they someone else's clothes? They were someone else's clothes. Prove it. Someone else's clothes. Prove it. And then you died a few days later. How do you know I didn't get them at at, at a, th- a second-hand shop? Oh, it just, it, all it said in the Wikipedia was that they were someone else's clothes. I'm guessing they didn't fit you or something. Oh, were they your pants? Uh, they were not give, my pants. They were not your pants. I did not exist at the no, time. No, Jared you know. doesn't give up pants. That's right. He doesn't give up pants. <laughs> I'm very selfish. Not. I'm very pants selfish. I went to a key party. You went to a key party yes, that night? Yes, you put your keys in... The pot, do you know mm. this kind of party? I yes. do, yeah. You grab the someone else's key, you mm. go to their house, and you take their clothes. Okay. I thought. That's not how it works, apparently. It's a sex thing, but... Right, right. Well, I, I was, was married. Based on how you were describing it, I thought maybe it was just like a different kind of key party in the, right. in the 1800s. Anyway, I put on someone else's clothes and went for a jog. And uh, halfway through, I was like, oh my god, why? I've never done this before, and I don't know what, how. jogging? Jogging. <laughs> Now everyone does it, Jared, but and back so then... And so that, the jogging just, like, made you go completely insane? It isn't, it's an insane thing to do, Jared. It is a pretty... I mean, just to Go run, to the park and watch people run, run and tell me how many look happy. Yeah, no, None. that's a, that's a really fair point. Wow. So do you know, was was it the running that uh, caused your eventual death then? Was you, would you, had you overexerted yourself or something? I know one... I know one thing. It wasn't the drink. It was... And I don't care what anyone says. All right. Yeah. I mean, a doctor, I think, would disagree. I think a doctor. Jared, I will fight you now here. I will fight you here. I I mean, no disrespect. Yeah, well, it sounds like a big butt. I just want to. Fat disrespect. I just want to try. I just want to try to get to the bottom of things. All right, Jared. You know? Sorry I yelled at you. That's okay. You're my best friend in the world. Am I? Yes. That is. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about that. You're such a notable person. Uh, we have only time for one more question. Um, so, Harpo, let me ask you this about the end of your career. In Go 1961, on. uh, three years before your death, you announced your retirement from show business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm wondering what the impetus was there. Like, what? what I was like, not impotent. I was in no full impetus. Of impetus. My penis. I, I wanted to know why oh. you decided to retire from uh, being a comedian after so many years of uh, of incredible work, legendary work. I wanted to take a nap. You I had not to take a nap. I haven't had a good nap. Harper Marx had not taken a nap in so long. You felt like you needed to retire I, from show business, so to I do can it. nap. I, I mean, like I was nineteen. Why don't you just take a nap? Oh, seven. Are you, when you're this funny and brilliant, you're always you always have to be on because you can lose it. If I'm not performing, and then people go, "Oh, what happened to Harpo?" Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he took a nap and then he never came. He never recovered. Interesting. So people back then would just take a nap and then their career would be over? Why do you, why do you think uh, television shows were 39 television? Why do you think Wait, that, Jared? Episodes. We're 39. 39 episodes. Think about it, Jared. I'm sorry. Episodes. 39 episodes. I was. I liked what you said before. Why do you think television shows were 39? We're 39. Why do you think that, Jared? 39 episodes. This room is excellent. <laughs> it's just, listen, I would love to uh, to really get into that comment that you just made. All right, made. let's begin. Unfortunately. There we go. I'm Harper Mark. And I am Edgar Allan Poe. Actually, we only, nice unfortunately, you. that is all the time that we have. We, we didn't start uh, yet. For we, this week's ep- we, we just did an hour-long episode. No, we didn't. Uh, I won't believe it. That is all for it. this uh, episode of Famous Dead Great People. Great delivery. I would like to thank my guests, uh, Edgar Allan Poe and Harpo Marx. Nevermore. For uh, joining me in the studio today. I do have one final question. I, I, I know it's a little bit weird, but I always like to ask my uh, guests if they have a, a comedy show or a Twitter account or anything that they'd like to plug. Um uh, Harpo Marx, do you have anything you want to tell people about? I uh, I saw this thing called, uh, this act called The Chris and Paul Show. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And uh, kind of reminded me of a young me. 
So oh, interesting. They're going to start performing at the Pit in Check January. Out the Chris and Paul show at the Pit in January. And uh, Edgar Allan Poe, anything you want to tell people about? If you're on social media and I don't recommend it, I would go to at Mr. Joe Miles, M-R-J-O-E-M-I-L-E-S. He cannot edit his tweets after he posts them, apparently. <laughs> All right. I'm uh, Jared Bernstein. I'm your host. You can check out all my stuff at jaredbernstein.com and go out and buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now and hilarious. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email that to us at famousdeadpeople at Radio Free Brooklyn. Try to have them on as soon as we can. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Well, I, I almost shit their pants. I shit my pants. Famous dead people. Famous dead people.